Welcome to Conquering the Seeds of Destruction, bringing help and encouragement to those dealing with real-life issues. To learn more, visit ConqueringSeedsOfDestruction.com. Welcome to Conquering the Seeds of Destruction, and my name is Maureen Y. Smith. Now, as we are starting this second week of the new year, I want to encourage you to really allow this to be a new year. A new year of growth, a new year of drawing closer to God, and a new year of finding your purpose. Now, if you are looking for a small group study or maybe even an individual study to help you on this journey and to really learn how to let go of some things that keep you stuck or maybe even hurt, consider trying this study, Conquering the Seeds of Destruction, by purchasing the book and the workbook at a discounted rate on my website. Now today, I am going to cover a new root that the enemy can plant into you if you continue to listen to his voice with the seed of hunger, and that root is called the root of distress. So let's go ahead and define it. Distress means to subject to great strain or difficulties, to cause to worry or be troubled, and it also means to be upset. Now the scripture reference that I use comes from 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 6 through 7, and I'm going to actually read this from the Amplified Version, and it says, You should be exceedingly glad on this account. Though now for a little while you may be distressed by trials and suffer tribulations, so that the genuineness of your faith may be tested. Your faith, which is infinitely more precious than the perishable gold, which is tested and purified by fire. This proving of your faith is intended to redound to your praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One, is revealed. And again, that's 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6-7 through 7 from the Amplified Version. Now, when you are in this route, the enemy tries to take your seed of hunger to another level by allowing you to have a difficult time in balancing your eating habits. Whether your struggle is in gaining weight or in losing weight, each side will have its own share of challenges, and it causes you to lose confidence and even self-esteem within yourself because of the problems that you have in getting a handle over them. You will see that it is not just an occasional cheat over here or maybe a purge over there. Regardless of which level you struggle with, it will be in such a heightened state that you will not have that sense of control that you need. Now, in the cheating arena, you find yourself sneaking snacks in between meals or maybe munching on food when you're not hungry just to be chewing on something or possibly even ordering more than a normal portion of food when you're eating breakfast, lunch, or dinner. The more food that you have, the more excited that you are, simply because you will have food left over for later. Unfortunately for you, as you eat more, your stomach grows, causing you to have more weight gain. 
Initially, you don't think much about it, even when you notice your clothes are starting to get tighter. However, as time goes on, you notice that your wardrobe is getting smaller, making your outfits to be limited because you can't fit many of your clothes. At this point, you will need to decide if you are going to buy bigger clothes or if you are going to just keep wearing the clothes that fit, which has now become a smaller amount in this rotation to shuffle around. Now in the purging area, you find yourself sneaking to the restroom to get rid of the meals, or you falsely say that you ate when you know that you hadn't had much of anything to eat in hours, or maybe even in some days. Unfortunately, your body has started to get used to the minimal amount of food that you are intaking. And as a result, your stomach is getting smaller and you are losing weight. People are starting to discuss how your clothes are starting to fall off of you. And they notice even your bones starting to become more visible to see. Some people have started to question you about it because they think that you have a problem. And you, of course, continue to dismiss it and reassure them that it is nothing for them to worry about. This is something that you do not need to overlook. The enemy has you exactly where he wants you, and he will continue to keep telling you that everything is fine in what you are doing. And at any point, you can make a change when you're ready to. If you keep listening to him, you will find that he has you so far into his death trap that you won't be able to come out of it. When things are starting to get out of hand, especially when other people are questioning it, it is at that time that you need to do a self-analysis, <clears throat> excuse me, a self-analysis and take a serious look of what is going on. You may surprise yourself at what you discover. The best way to really see how serious the problem is will be to try to make the change and stop doing what you are currently doing. If you're not able to stop what you're currently doing and you keep making excuses for it, then you have a problem with your eating habits. Another way that the enemy may keep his claws into you and try to go deeper with it is that he will cause something else to go wrong in your life. As you keep stressing about the other situations, you lose sight of all of your eating issues. Then those stresses reign over the food problems so you keep eating the way that you had been eating without making any changes with it. You don't realize that it is starting to cause other health issues because you are so worried and anxious about the other stresses in your life. You just keep a consistent pattern with your food since you thought it was working for you. If you keep it up, you will start to see even more problems being layered upon you causing you to be tired and fatigued, as well as more aches and pains coming upon you. The enemy's plan of destruction is working. So now, let's go ahead and look at a different example with Hannah and Paniah. So 1 Samuel chapter 1 verses 1 through 18 says, There was a man named Elkanah who lived in Ramah in the hill country of Ephraim. 
He was the son of Jeroham and grandson of Elihu from the family of Tohu and the clan of Zuth. Elkanah had two wives, Hannah and Peninnah. Peninnah had children, while Hannah did not. Each year, Elkanah and his family would travel to Shiloh to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty of the tabernacle. The priests of the Lord at that time were the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas. On the day Elkanah presented his sacrifice, he would give portions of the sacrifice to Peninnah and each of her children. But he gave Hannah a special portion because he loved her very much, even though the Lord had given her no children. But Peninnah made fun of Hannah because the Lord had closed her womb. Year after year, it was the same. Peninnah would taunt Hannah as they went to the tabernacle. Hannah would finally be reduced to tears and would not even eat. What's the matter, Hannah? Elkanah would ask. Why aren't you eating? Why be so sad just because you have no children? You have me. Isn't that better than having ten sons? Once, when they were at Shiloh, Hannah went over to the tabernacle after supper to pray to the Lord. Eli the priest was sitting at his customary place beside the entrance. Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. And she made this vow, O Lord Almighty, if you will look down upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime, and as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. As she was praying to the Lord, Eli watched her. Seeing her lips moving but hearing no sound, he thought she had been drinking. Must you come here drunk, he demanded. Throw away your wine. Oh no, sir, she replied. I'm not drunk. But I am very sad, and I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. Please don't think I am a wicked woman, for I have been praying out of anguish and sorrow. In that case, Eli said, cheer up. May the God of Israel grant the request you have asked of him. Oh, thank you, sir, she exclaimed. Then she went back and began to eat again, and she was no longer sad. And again, that comes from 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. Hannah was so upset that she didn't eat anything. Now, it was bad enough she had to share her husband with another woman. It became unbearable to her when she couldn't have children, and the other woman was giving children to their husband. Of course, Panana had made sure she reinforced it with her malicious words to Hannah. As a result, nothing else mattered to Hannah, not even eating. However, in the midst of her distress, she knew who to go to. So she prayed to the Lord and he heard her cries. And this is actually demonstrated in these following verses. Now in 1 Samuel chapter 1 verses 27 through 28, it says, I asked the Lord to give me this child and he has given me my request. Now I'm giving him to the Lord, and he will belong to the Lord his whole life. And they worship the Lord there. And then 1 Samuel chapter 2, verses 1 through 2 says, Then Hannah prayed, 
My heart rejoices in the Lord. Oh, how the Lord has blessed me. Now I have an answer for my enemies as I delight in your deliverance. No one is holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Now, I know it may be easy to overeat or even undereat when you are stressed, but somehow you can't allow those distresses to overwhelm you because you jeopardize your physical body. The enemy would want you to be like that so that he can destroy you even if he does it little by little. He is patient in it if he needs to be, but you can't give him that kind of power over you. You have to realize that you can overcome this, So please don't allow yourself to get into maybe some kind of pity party or to where you feel insecure or sorry for yourself that you start to do things to harm yourself physically. Remember, Jesus is working on your side too. You must rely on the power of the Holy Spirit working inside of you to help you get through the challenging times that are coming against you. Please trust him and rely on his strength And also believe in yourself that you can overcome this attack from the enemy. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 10 says, So for the sake of Christ, I am well pleased and take pleasure in infirmities, insults, hardships, persecutions, perplexities, and distresses. For when I am weak in human strength, then I truly am strong, able, powerful, and divine strength. And again, that's 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10. I know no one wants to think or even say that they take pleasure in the hardships that they go through. It doesn't feel good when you have hard and negative things coming at you. However, if you recognize that Jesus is fighting your battle and you really are giving it to him and letting go of it, then you won't consume yourself with it. Now, I see my time is running out, so please come back tomorrow and see how things unfold and what God will do in our lives as we are conquering the seeds of destruction. Take care and stay safe, everyone. Bye-bye. Public author and speaker Maureen Y. Smith brings help and encouragement to deal with real-life issues, giving you permission to live the life of abundance that God wants you to live, allowing peace, joy, and freedom to reign in your life. To book Maureen at your next event or small group, email conqueringseedsofdestruction at gmail.com. And to follow Maureen along in this journey, purchase your discounted copy of Conquering the Seeds of Destruction book and workbook at conqueringseedsofdestruction.com. That's conqueringseedsofdestruction.com.